right now, this very day, all over the world, there are an estimated 40.3 million people trapped in slavery. Men, women, and children who are living as slaves in bondage. Some estimates put that number as high as 45 million people. That's more people in slavery than at any other time in human history. I know if you're like me this morning, you, you're saying, but Wes, I thought, I thought slavery was something that happened a long time ago. I thought that was in our past. But it's not. It's alive and well. 71% of those who are trapped in slavery are women and girls. One in four slaves that are being into, uh, forced into forced labor are children. Slavery is a multi-billion dollar industry. That's billion with a B. $150 billion a year. Just so you know, that's more than pro football, pro baseball, and pro basketball combined. $150 billion a year industry, human trafficking, slavery. Traffickers prey on the weak. They buy and sell, they kidnap and trap their victims. And they use violence and the threat of violence to keep them in slavery. Every single day, innocent people are beaten, raped, and abused as slaves. Every slave is a person with a name, with a story, and with a dream. And we believe as followers of Jesus, that every slave is someone who is made in the image of God. Amen? And they are worthy of dignity and respect and justice. And my hope today is that we will shine a light into this dark, dark place where global slavery and human trafficking exists and it will challenge each one of us, no matter what campus we're on, if we're at home watching online, every single one of us today will be challenged, convicted, and encouraged to do something, to take a step, to make a difference in attacking this problem. Let me give you some good news this morning. Last week was Freedom Sunday, and our original plan was to be a part of Freedom Sunday last week, but with hurricane and then tropical storm Florence changing up our plans. We had to bump everything back a week. So we are uh, just now um, getting our part together to talk about this issue of slavery. But, but Freedom Sunday was an event that was organized by a group called IJM or the International Justice Mission. And thousands of churches all over the world participated in Freedom Sunday. And it was an opportunity for churches to share with their people to bring awareness about the issue of human trafficking. Each church took a stand, like we saw in the bumper video this morning. They made commitments to do something about this problem. In 2018, this year right now, there are 36 countries actively engaged in taking steps to combat modern slavery. 
Now you may say, West, that doesn't sound like a whole lot of countries, but let me just tell you, a two, two short years ago in 2016, there were only four. Only four. And now, today, 36 countries are involved and engaged. What if I told you that God's solution to this problem of global slavery begins with you? Would that overwhelm you? <laughs> Would that concern you? Would that excite you? Would you even believe me? I know that if you're like me, when you hear statistics like this and you hear the numbers like this, you think to yourself, Wes, that's, that's just too much. That's so big a problem. What can we ever do to make a difference? Last week, if you were here, Pastor Danny, our Banksville campus pastor, he kicked off this series, Free Indeed, and he shared with us what real freedom looks like. He told us that true freedom, real freedom, is being who God created us to be and doing what God created us to do. All right? Jesus, through the finished work of the cross, has made us free. His grace, when our faith is in him, he has made us free. And Pastor Danny shared with us from the Gospel of John, and it was a great teaching. If you missed it, if you weren't here, I, I want to challenge you to go back, go to the website, pull up last week's message, and watch it. It was powerful. But he was in John chapter 8, and it ended with this passage, or this verse, verse 36. It says this, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. It's kind of like our theme verse of this whole series. You will have real freedom, Jesus says. So what, does that, what does that look like? Well, I believe that Jesus came to bring us spiritual freedom, and he came to bring us physical freedom freedom as well. The good news of Jesus, the gospel of who he is and what he has done is that Jesus is God and was God. He is the, the son of God, that God the Father sent God the Son to this earth on a rescue mission. That he took on the form of a man, that he became a human being and he lived among us and that he lived a life that was without sin, the Bible says. Though he was tempted in every way, he did not sin. And because of that, he was able to go to the cross and die a death in our place. That we should have died. The Bible says that he died and that he was buried. But three days later, he rose again, just as he said he was going to do. Just as the scriptures said would happen. And right now today, he's at the right hand of God the Father, reigning and ruling. And one day he's coming back. We don't know when that is. Anybody that tells you that they do is crazy. I'll just tell you that right now. But one day he's coming back. And until that time, as his people and his followers, he has saved us from something, an eternity apart from him. The Bible says that there are only two options at the end of our life. We go to one of two places, with God or apart from God. The Bible calls those two places heaven and hell. There's no door number three. There's no waiting area and holding space. And how we get there is through faith in Jesus, a relationship with Him. He saves us from something, but He also saves us for something. He saves us for a purpose, for a reason, for a, a work that He has planned in advance for us to do, the Bible says. If you remember last week, Pastor Danny shared with us that Jesus taught His disciples that those who truly follow Him, and I'll just, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, this punched me in the face last week. Jesus said, if you are my disciples, if you are my followers, you will do what I say. <laughs> oh, man, I was sitting there last week, and I heard that, and I, I've read it many times, I've, and I believe it. But in that moment, I was convicted. 
Because I realize that there are times when I don't do what God says. When I want to do my own thing. When I want to just let my flesh kind of take over. Jesus said, and Pastor Danny taught so well on it last week. You are my disciple. You are my follower if you do what I say. We're going to be in uh, Luke chapter 4 today. I want to unpack a passage of scripture for you that uh, I believe is going to help us um, look at this issue of of, uh, human trafficking and global slavery. And uh, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Luke 4. If you have the app, you can click there. If you're new this morning, if you're a guest, if you don't have a Bible, can I just tell you, um, no matter what campus you're on, we want to give you a Bible. We have Bibles at all of our campuses. They're absolutely free. Uh, just on your way out this morning, find somebody in a blue shirt, one of our guest services volunteers, ask them where they can get a Bible, or uh, ask them to show you how to download the app from the App Store. Uh, it's called Version or the Holy Bible app. You can follow along. We want to do anything we can to help you engage with God's Word. And so this morning, we're going to be uh, in Luke chapter 4, but before we get started, I want to just give you a little backstory. Here's the context of, of where we're at. Jesus has um, spent 40 days in the wilderness. He has um, fasted, he has prayed, he has been tempted by the devil, and and, uh, Jesus passed the test, so to speak. He's returned from the wilderness, and he's gone back to uh, Galilee, which is the region that he is from. And he begins teaching. He's visiting synagogues, he's preaching and teaching, and he's starting to do his earthly ministry, we would say. And and in that, uh, we find this passage in Luke chapter 4. So let's pick it up in verse 14. It says this, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him unrolling it. He found the place where it is written. Now this, this passage that Jesus reads from, if you want to go back and read it later, it's found in Isaiah 58 and 61. Um, just keep in mind that at this time they were just scrolls. They didn't have numbers, the addresses where you find these verses that was added later, but that's where it comes from. So if you want to go back in, on your own study time, Isaiah 58 and Isaiah 61. Jesus has unrolled the scroll and he reads this right here. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Do me a favor on your outline right there. Circle good news where it says he's anointed me to proclaim good news. Circle good news. And then in the next sentence, circle freedom. And then at the end of that sentence, circle set the oppressed free. So good news, freedom, set the oppressed free. Then it says in verse 20, Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What? What Jesus did in that moment was that he read this prophetic passage that they all knew. It was a passage about 
the, the Messiah and who was to come. Who was to come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor? Who was to come to, to uh, give sight to the blind and to free the oppressed and to set the captives free? And in that moment, Jesus says, it's me. I'm the Messiah. What you hearing this today fulfills this prophecy. He says, I'm here. I've come to proclaim the good news to the poor. I've come to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to heal blind folks, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This, this passage is so deep and so rich. I wish we could just like spend the next three days unpacking it, but we can't. But what I want to do this morning is I want you to have this passage in mind as you think about what Jesus said he came to do as we think about this issue of global slavery, as we think about this issue of human trafficking. We got a little taste of, of this Freedom Series this past summer um, in our Galatians series. We went through the book of Galatians. It was a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to a bunch of churches in the, uh, in the region of Galatia. And um, they had let themselves get trapped in a way of thinking. And it had nothing to do with faith in Jesus, but it had everything to do with their own uh, legalistic ways of, of you know, what I do, what I say, all those kinds of things. And, and Paul says this in Galatians 5, verse 1. He says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. See, this is spiritual slavery. That's what happens. When we, when we make it about anything other than faith in Jesus, we become slaves to the law. Paul says it doesn't work. And you should not let yourself get sucked back into thinking that way. Jesus frees us spiritually from an eternity apart from him, but he also frees us for something, a mission, a purpose. So what does that look like? How do we do that? Well, in the time I have left, I want to give you just two practical steps. And now, I said this at 9 o'clock. I said these are two steps, but really, it's a whole bunch of steps that are wrapped up in uh, two big ideas, I guess I should say, uh, of steps that we can take, things that we can do to help bring spiritual and physical freedom to others. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Two ways that you can help bring spiritual and physical freedom to others. One, give to the mission and vision of Cedar Creek Church. Give to the mission and vision of Cedar Creek Church. Give your money, your time, your talent. Invest in what is happening here. Why? Well, let me just say this. If you already give to Cedar Creek Church, can I just say thank you? Thank you, thank you, thank you. You have no idea what your generosity is doing here locally and all around the world. I'm going to share a little bit of it with you this morning because I think it's important. And as Pastor Philip says, he never wants anyone to lose the connection between their generosity and what God is doing with it in the kingdom. Thank you for your generosity. It's making a difference. It's making a difference in this fight, believe it or not, of human trafficking and global slavery. We are already engaged, already involved. Here's the crazy thing. Four and a half years ago, at our 20th uh, birthday anniversary or as I like to call it, the birth anniversary. Uh, for those of you that were there, you remember, we all gathered at the Convocation Center. It was a huge celebration. And, and Pastor Phillips spent some time looking back at the, at the first 20 years of Cedar Creek Church. And then he did something incredible. He then began to talk about the next 20 years, what was to come. God had given him a vision and laid some things on his heart. And I'm just going to be honest with you, when he was talking, I'm like, he's crazy. I love him, and I'm following him, but I, what is he talking about? It was the first time that we had ever heard of this issue of, of human trafficking and global slavery. God had laid it on his heart. And that day he said, 
I don't know how and I don't know where, but we are going to engage. Cedar Creek Church is going to engage in this fight against human trafficking. He went on to say that I believe God is leading us as a church to to raise up and to send out a hundred global peace workers that will go out from Cedar Creek Church and will work in the kingdom full time. He also said, I believe God is leading us to plant three more campuses of Cedar Creek Church in the next 20 years. All these things he said would happen in the next 20 years. The funny thing is that I think Pastor Philip, even after that, said, you know, I I didn't know how God was going to do it. I didn't know how. I just knew that he had said he was going to do it. And so I shared that vision with everybody that day. (laughs) Here's the cool thing. Less than 48 hours later, after that day, when he preached that and, and cast that vision for us as a church, less than 48 hours later, God began opening doors, as he always does. He connected us with an organization here in the CSRA called iCare. And iCare is a group that is doing incredible work rescuing women and girls who have been slaves, who have been sex slaves, who have been trafficked. And I know you may say, Wes, does that happen here in the CSRA? You bet you it does. You bet it does. We have a little event that comes every year called the Masters. And and I'll just tell you, that's one of the worst times of the year for us here in Aiken because women are trafficked and brought in from other cities, from other states. And they're put up in hotels, and they are sold. Eye care is in that battle. And God opened the door for us to connect with them and to be able to partner with them. God also, quickly after that day, opened the door for us to, to meet and partner with a young lady who grew up in Aiken, who was feeling called to go to South Asia to do work with a group over there who was working uh, with girls who had been rescued out of forced labor and, and sex trafficking. We began to to work out this relationship and walk it out. And let me just tell you this. Because of your generosity, Cedar Creek Church has been able to to help iCare purchase land that they now have a house that they've built on so that women and girls can live there and can, can experience some rehabilitation and some recovery. Because of your generosity, we've been able to partner with an organization in South Asia that is a restoration home for young girls who have been rescued like I said, from forced labor and from sex trafficking. I had the incredible blessing this past summer of being able to travel as part of a team that went to this home. And I got to meet face-to-face with the girls and with the staff that cares for them. And I want to share today just one of the stories of one of these young women with you because it's a powerful, powerful story. I call this young woman Ray. That's not her name. We have to make sure we're careful for security reasons. But I call her Ray because she is an absolute ray of sunshine. If you spent two minutes with her, you would see exactly what I'm talking about. She's 15 years old, and she is a ball of fire. She is very much like my daughter, who is also in that picture. Uh, They have very similar personalities. She tells jokes. She loves to sing. She loves to dance. She is the center of attention every time she's in the room. She is the self-proclaimed ringleader of the shenanigans that take place in that home. But she wasn't always that way. Five years ago, when she was rescued and brought to that home, the staff said, Wes, she was like a wild animal. She was unruly. She was hard to deal with. And the reason for that is because when she was six years old, her parents sold her. They sold her to a man for the equivalent of 10 cents. One American dime. 
And when they rescued her, there was a file, and the only thing in that file was a receipt where she had been paid for. She was sold as a, a domestic servant, and she, at six years old, was doing all the cooking and all the cleaning, all the work, the chores, whatever you want to call them, for this family. And when she didn't do it to their satisfaction, she was beaten, she was starved, some nights she was chained to a tree in the front yard and left out there all night. She did that for four years until rescuers found her and brought her to live with our partners. Her life has been transformed. She now has hope. She is healthy. She is going to school. She goes to karate classes. But best of all, she has a relationship with Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Yeah, you can clap for that. Amen. Amen. She has experienced spiritual and physical freedom. And you guys have had a hand in that. You've played a part in that. You are making a difference in this fight. So the first way, the first thing that we can do to be a part of this battle is to give to the mission and vision of Cedar Creek Church. The second thing that you can do is to live out the mission and vision of Cedar Creek Church. Live it out. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, I told, or three weeks ago, I said, Pastor Philip, everybody was asking, what can we do to help? What can we do to help? And he said, the greatest gift that they can give us is just to live out the mission and vision of Cedar Creek Church, right? Here's what I want you to take away from this message today. When it comes to this issue of slavery, it can be incredibly overwhelming. If you think of it just in the sheer terms of the scope and the numbers, it can seem impossible. It's kind of like eating an elephant. You know that analogy, right? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? I would say this global giant of human trafficking and slavery, how we attack this problem is by one step at a time. One step of faith at a time. That's how we attack it. See, every week you show up at church, most weeks you show up at church, and you create environments, right? where people can come and hear about Jesus. And whether you're helping park cars or greeting people at the door or giving them something to drink or eat or you're helping them find a seat or handing them a program or whether you're in Kids Creek and you're helping kids learn about Jesus in an age-appropriate way or you're part of Centerpoint helping middle schoolers and high schoolers, you are living out the mission and vision of Cedar Creek Church. And in so doing, you are raising up people that are, that are soldiers in this battle, in this fight against this global giant of human trafficking. See, sometimes I think we think church is just about showing up on Sunday, sitting in a seat, singing some songs, listening to some mediocre preaching. Unless Pastor Phillips here, then it's awesome preaching. Throwing 20 bucks in a basket, right? Checking our spiritual box off of our list for the week, and that's it. But y'all, I'm telling you, it's so much more than that. And we lose sight of it. But this, this is what God is doing. It, 
I like, to, I like to say it's like the big end of the funnel. Sunday morning is like a big end of a funnel. If you're familiar with what a funnel is, it's got a big round opening at the top, and then it, it, it increasingly gets smaller as it goes down, and there's a hole at the bottom, and you use it to pour oil in your car, or you can use it to mix ingredients when you're cooking. But Sunday morning for us is a big end of a funnel. It's where everybody comes in. And everybody worships and everybody gets challenged and encouraged and sometimes convicted. And and, and we get an opportunity to take a step of faith. And as that happens, God grows us. He he moves us down this funnel. And and sometimes people, I would say visually, because that's the way I am, people come out the other end of that funnel and God calls them to go. And to, to serve on the field full time to be peace workers somewhere. Not all of us are called to do that, but some of us are. And I'll just tell you that since Pastor Philip cast that vision four and a half years ago, we've already seen 10 people, 10 Cedar Creekers, who have stepped out of their comfort zone and who have gone to the field. That's amazing. Some of us will be called to go on a short-term global outreach trip, like Lori Master Monaco. Many of you know Lori. Uh, Lori is... Uh, a great friend of mine. She is a, a school teacher here in Aiken. Uh, she was a part of a group uh, that I went with, seven ladies who were all uh, teachers or student teachers this summer when we went to South Asia. Uh, they were all uh, Im- amazing, and they were teaching the teachers there that um, invest and, and teach the girls in this restoration home where we have a partnership. I have no idea to this day what I was doing there. They're all teachers. I'm not a teacher. I'm like, I, you know, I'm a guy. They're all girls and ladies. It, it, but But God used this trip and used them to invest in these other teachers, gave us the opportunity to to build relationships with the girls. And one of the things I'm most proud of, I say, is that this organization doesn't let just anybody, you can't just send teams to work with them. We're the only church that God has blessed with that opportunity. That's why we don't get to talk a lot about it. That's why we can't say names publicly because it's just a, a security risk. But I I had to figure out a way to share it with y'all because it's so important. And I never want you to lose sight, like Pastor Philip says, of the connection between your generosity and what God is doing with it. God's using it in a mighty way. One day you may get a call from God. One day he may lead you to take a step of faith. And if you're a teacher here this morning or an administrator, educator, can I just, I want to just stop for a second and challenge you. You have a unique gifting, and and I know sometimes you think, well, because I work all year long, I'm not able to to do things that I want to do, but I just want to tell you, this partnership is going to continue. As long as they need us to come, we're going to send teachers, and and this trip is during the summer. Guess what? You're off during the summer, most of you. If you are, I just want to ask you to pray about how God might use you. Maybe one day you're going to you're going to go on this trip and you're going to have an opportunity to invest in some other teachers who are investing in these young girls who have been rescued. And God will use you in this fight. Fifty-six Cedar Creekers this year alone have answered the call to a short-term global outreach trip. Fifty-six of y'all on seven different trips. That's incredible. People getting out of their their comfort zone and going somewhere else i pray that god continues to raise us all up i want to tell you about one family that is near and dear to my heart uh Stephen angel miano 
and their son Stephen. Some of you may know them. Uh, they were uh, in our home group, and then they multiplied out as home group leaders and led a group. They, they are Cedar Creek Church members. They attended the West Campus. They were um, just kind of minding their own business, doing their own thing. Um, Steve had been a public safety uh, officer, and then he went to work for the solicitor's office as an investigator. Angel worked at USC Aiken, and they were not only home group leaders for us, but they were kids' worship leaders. They were just doing their thing. They were just minding their own business, showing up at church on a regular basis, helping people find their way back to God. And as they were doing that, God began to, to work in their heart. God began to lay a burden on Steve's heart of how he might go and do something different. Steve felt called and ended up taking a job at the beginning of this year with IJM, with the International Justice Mission that I mentioned earlier, in Ghana, in West Africa. Guess what he's doing? He's conducting investigations which lead to the rescue of people, primarily boys who have been sold or kidnapped in this area for the fishing industry on this huge lake called Lake Volta. They use the boys because they're little and, and they can swim down and set nets, and it's, it's tragic and it's it's horrible, but Steve is, is, is using the gifts and talents and the shape that he had here to answer the call to go, and he's, and he's living out how God has shaped him and made him in West Africa. And we knew nothing about this, right? As God was doing this, this is the crazy thing, and this is kind of what I want to connect with you today, is that God is always working. He's always up to something, and he's working in some of your lives and our lives right now today, speaking to your heart. And until Steve said to my wife and I, hey, would you pray for us? I feel like God's leading us to do something different, leading us to go somewhere else. We had no idea. But God was doing it. What's even cooler <laughs> is now that they're there, they are gathering weekly on Sunday afternoons in their house with other people, and they're having church. They're watching online Right now. Hey, what's up? Ghana, West Africa, we love y'all. They're watching online right now, yeah. Show them some love. It's, it's crazy, right? But that's what they're doing. And then after the message, they're going to go through the home group guide together. They're doing life together. They, they are, in effect, a micro campus of Cedar Creek Church. Pastor Philip has taken to calling them uh, Cedar Creek Safari. <laughs> and I'm like, they're in the city, man. They're not out like on the Serengeti plane or somewhere, but he's not hearing any of it. He's like, no, it's Cedar Creek Safari. So sorry, Ghana, you're, you're Cedar Creek Safari, but we, we're excited about what God is doing in and through y'all there. Um, it's interesting that God has done that um, in West Africa because God did the exact same thing with our Hookstown campus in, in Hookstown, Pennsylvania. There was a home group leader couple from here that moved back home to that area. And they began watching online, and soon that turned into a gathering in a firehouse, a fire department, volunteer fire station. What's up, Hookstown? I guess if I'm going to shout out Ghana, I'll shout y'all out too. It's great to be with you this morning. See, we, we had an idea when Pastor Philip cast this vision for planning campuses, we had this idea that it was going to look like it's always looked, right? That we were going to invest a ton of money into buildings and locations, and it was all going to be locally here. And what we didn't know was God was doing something different. He's always doing a new thing. He is, he is growing his church. He is make, multiplying this thing that we call Cedar Creek Church. 
And you guys have a piece of that. You have a part of that just by living out the mission and vision of Cedar Creek Church. That, that's what I, I think that was the thing that I wrestled with all week was to say to y'all, look, I know you feel like all you're doing is showing up and you're occupying the time of some third through fifth grade boys for an hour so their mom and dad can go to church, but you're not. It's so much more than that. It's so much more powerful than that. When we live out this mission and vision, it all, God uses it all. It all contributes to, to this thing. And, and, and he's using us to attack this global giant of human trafficking, of slavery. Jesus came to give us spiritual and physical freedom. He's given us as his followers authority and a mission. He's commissioned us to go and to make disciples of all nations and to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and to teach them all that he commanded. Why? So that we, as his followers, would do what he said. Jesus came to bring freedom, to set the oppressed free. We are his body. We are his hands and feet. He will use us to share the good news of who he is and what he has done so that people can get free spiritually, and he will use us to bring freedom to people who are trapped in slavery. I want to close this morning with this verse. It's in Micah 6, 8. Micah is answering a question, what does God require of us? And he says this, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. It's interesting that all of those are verbs, right? Action words. Do something. Take a step. At the bottom of your outline, I left one blank. Free people help free people. We have been made free. It's our job. It's our responsibility. It's our role to help free other people. Would you pray with me? Father, we do thank you so much. God, for who you are, for all that you have done, all that you continue to do in us and through us, Jesus, we thank you for who you are, that you stepped out of heaven and came to this earth on a rescue mission for sinners like me for sinners like us, to make a way for us that we couldn't make for ourselves. Lord, I pray today for my friends who are here that maybe haven't received that spiritual freedom yet. They don't have a relationship with you. I pray that they would do that. And if that's you this morning, whether you're at a campus or whether you're watching online, I just I want to ask you and, and beg you, would you just, in your heart, ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life? Ask Him to be your Savior, to forgive you, the Bible says when we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. It's faith alone in Christ alone that frees us. Lord, we pray this morning that we would be a church that never loses sight of who you are, what you have done, or what you are doing. And the blessing that we have, the absolute privilege that we have to be a part of it. God, everything matters. Everything counts. Whether we're parking cars or leading kids or, or handing out snacks and refreshments, God, you use it to create environments where people feel welcome to come to hear the truth of who you are and what you've done, to give their lives to you, to grow in their faith in you. And all through that, God, you use us to 
bring freedom to others. Lord, I thank you for the absolute privilege we have as a church to be engaged in this battle, to be involved in this fight for how you're using us and using the generosity of your people. And I pray that you would move us and speak to our hearts today to give to the mission and vision of Cedar Creek Church, to live out the mission and vision of Cedar Creek Church, and to watch you do what only you can do. We love you. We thank you. We pray all of this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen.